You are listening to Noteworthy Differences. In her prime at 32, Elle Sproul led a vibrant life, excelling as a senior marketer and a marathon runner. However, her world turned upside down when she discovered an aggressive form of breast cancer. Despite the warning signs of fatigue and aches, she had neglected her well-being. After enduring grueling treatments and realizing the true meaning of health, she became an integrated nutrition health coach, empowering women to prioritize their well-being. Through personalized programs, she helps make sustainable changes for long-term health. Welcome to the show, Elle. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, we'll get into it. Um, Just wanted to ask, uh, can you share your personal journey of being diagnosed with uh, triple negative breast cancer and how it influenced your perspective on health and well-being? Yeah, sure. Um, So I guess, Oh, how I was diagnosed. So it was uh it was the night before my thirty-third birthday. Um oh, wow. yeah, it was really great timing. Um, and I'd been out for dinner with a friend. Um, and I'd actually just travelled home. I'd actually just travelled home from New Zealand that afternoon. I'd been over um presenting to the marketing team and I'd I had actually I feel like it's just a a funny way to start um the journey, but I had just randomly I think it was because I'd had a couple of wines on the way home that I kind of journaled in my workbook saying um how happy I was, how proud I was, like I was doing really well at work, I was running marathons, I was really mm. happy with my social life. Um <laughs> and I finished the journal entry with thank you universe. I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. Mm. Um so it was really, well, it was pretty horrible then that I went out to dinner. Um, a friend had talked about how she was getting a lump check. Um, okay, that's in where it her started. Mm. Yeah, which, um, yep. yeah, which I can thankfully say she she didn't have breast cancer, so it was really good for her. But it um it made me go home and check mm. my breast that night, and yeah, I just horrifyingly found a lump, and I I don't know how to describe just how horrifying it was, but um. Yep. Mm. Uh, I guess then it just, it became a whirlwind after that, you know, like I sort of immediately went, I need to get that checked out, but I'm not getting it checked on my birthday. So I made it the day after my birthday. Um, and I just remember it being really horrible, like pretending that I was okay when I was like extremely scared that I had cancer and just pretending it was, it was a normal birthday. Um, and and about a week, so I, I saw the GP and she sent me straight for scans. And um, I happened to go to a place where you found out on the same day, which was really, really helpful. Mm, um, okay. Obviously, extremely anxiety driving when you've, when you've had scans, you have to wait for the results. Um, and then, yeah, once once I found out, it's it's like a whirlwind after that as well. Like you, I, I remember it was sort of, um my oncologist was booked the next day there was an IVF doctor I needed to see the day after that um chemotherapy started in three weeks and I'd lost my hair uh 10 days after that starting so yeah within four weeks like life was completely different and and you're fighting for your life um so it was it was pretty it's 
pretty crazy even to to try and think back to what it was like. But um, it it was just probably the the summaries to say your life completely thrown upside down within a day of being a normal thirty two year old. Mm. Um, and so I guess how it's influenced my perspective. Um, I guess well, it's it's obviously changed my perspective about everything. Trying to fight for your life. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing for me is that, um, and certainly what I try and work on with clients now is, uh, to recognize that health isn't what you see on the outside. Um, it's actually about the diet and lifestyle choices that, that help your system and your organs function properly and that keep us alive. I think what I learned was, and there's a whole bunch of things which I'll probably talk about today, but, um, I learned that I thought I was doing all the right things to be healthy. And when I say I was literally running myself into the ground, like I was, I thought that by being a marathon runner, I was fit and healthy. Um, but I, I, I wasn't thinking about what was going on in the inside of my body um, and what my body needed in order to function. So that is probably the biggest perspective change I've had is, is stop looking at what health is on the outside and, and try and think about what's going on in the inside. What about any other warning signs or symptoms that even uh, before the diagnosis and you know what other advice would you give others mm, yeah I think um so it's probably probably a, a quick rewind which is to say I was extremely lucky that I went and checked my breast that night because it meant that I caught whilst um triple negative breast cancer is really aggressive and hard to treat I caught it quite early so it um that means you have more options for treatment, et cetera. But mm. I think in um, in catching something quite early, or sorry, catching, finding it quite early um, means that I also wasn't really getting a whole bunch of um, signs that something was going on. But I definitely, okay. um, I definitely, you were, you were right about the fatigue. Like um, I was so extremely tired. I remember I'd, I was even at my brother's 40th birthday and I had to go to bed. Um, but I was just putting it down to training for marathons and flying to Melbourne for work each week. But mm, it was yeah, definitely course. a kind of fatigue I'd never felt before because I was always busy. I was always running around and I just knew that I was never that tired. Um, but the other, the other thing that was unusual was I just had persistent infections. So, you know, like I kind of had to have like four rounds of antibiotics for a sinus infection that wouldn't go. And, and then there was just like a feeling like quite literally, like my gut didn't feel the way it always did. Um, and, and I don't know how to explain it other than to say there's just a, just a, like not my gut as in like physically, um, that, that was actually going on. Um, but also just like intuitively feeling like, something's not right and I'm just not sure what it is I just have one of those feelings which I probably wasn't extremely um attuned to my intuition back then um so it was probably a big thing that I just knew that something didn't feel right and um so I just kind of kept going back to the doctor and you know getting my blood tested and things just because something didn't feel right so my advice to others would be uh to listen like listen 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 to your body um, and know what your normal is. So it, like, as I've just described, I didn't really, I, I genuinely didn't expect that I had cancer, but I just knew that I had a rundown feeling that I never had before. Um, so I think it's important to, to know what your normal is so that you can 
know when it doesn't feel right. Um, and I think that's important, not just for, not just for, you know, when something horrible might be happening and you really do need to get it checked out. Um, if that's the case, then I'd say, know what your normal is. And if you don't feel normal, go and see someone about it. Like don't sit on it because I think you've always got a better, whether it's cancer or whether it's something else, you've always got a better, a, cha a better chance if you mm. act on it quickly because you've got choices. Um, but then I'd also say, you know, like it's not always going to be something that's horrible. Um, just generally listen to what your body's trying to tell you and, and kind of ask what it needs. Like if you feel exhausted, then you probably need to rest or slow down. Um, so it doesn't always have to be listening to your body because there might be something horrible going on. It's just I, my advice to anyone would be listen to your body. It's okay if you're tired. You're probably just going a bit too hard and, and it's, it might be a good idea to slow down. Would you elaborate on the changes that you made in your diet and lifestyle after completing your treatment? And how did these uh, changes contribute to your overall well-being? Mm, sure thing. Um, well, I do feel like, you know, the, the eventual where I'm at now versus where I was before, um, mm -hmm. you know, like being a senior marketer in, in a corporate world running on stress and adrenaline. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, you know, uh, like climbing a corporate ladder, which all of the things that felt um, like they were the right thing to do versus now being a, a health and nutrition coach. And mm, Some people just love it, don't they? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and that's it. I don't, I don't think it's, um, you know, some of my clients do do that and that's what they absolutely want to be doing. And I'm, mm. I help them to keep doing that, but in a, in a way that doesn't lead to burnout. Um, I think I always knew that maybe that wasn't what I was meant. I, again, I, maybe I was always intuitive, but, um, I just always knew that I, I think I was meant to be doing something different to being a senior marketer at, uh, you know, at a, at a company like McDonald's and, and then at a big bank, but I just didn't know what it was I wanted. So anyway, biggest way I've changed is I've quite literally changed my career. Um, so that's had an impact on my health. But in terms of the diet and lifestyle changes I made, um, yeah, like they've, they've been pretty significant too. But I think, um, and it probably ends up speaking to the way I now help people, but it's been slow and sustainable over time. So the first thing I did was I um, I changed my diet. So you would probably sit, I, I mean, I'm absolutely stoked that people think this, but um, people thought that because I was a marathon runner, I was super, mm -hmm. super healthy. Uh, but I think my understanding of a, of a healthy diet then was probably reflective of what a lot of people think it is, which is, you know, um, try and limit sugar or cut out the carbs or mm. have lots of protein. Um Whereas after getting cancer, I really looked into understanding a Mediterranean diet um, or a, like a plant-based diet or a whole foods-based um, diet. So uh, the types of foods I eat now are foods that play a functional role for my body. So the foods that are going to, um, you know, they'll, they'll either be anti-inflammatory or they'll, um, they'll contain antioxidants. So I think about how much fiber I put into my diet and, the best way to get those things is to have um, vegetables, fruits, uh, legumes, nuts, seeds, um, and, and whole grains. So I changed my diet that way, um, but that has been probably one of the biggest ones of just saying, you know, I've, I've done that over time. Like I, slow, I slowly learned about food and I um, 
I tried to make sustainable changes and I, I I try to be flexible about it now, you know, like I I will often eat what I feel like eating in that particular moment um, mm. because I that, that probably moves me on to my next part, which was realising that stress was pretty toxic and that my understanding of stress, um, which again is another thing I kind of come across with clients or just people in general is we kind of uh, know about um, chronic or acute stress or like our idea of being stressed is that we've just gone into a really stressful meeting or it's just been a really stressful week you know like it's it's about like stress is about busyness or it's about a fight you've had with someone or something that feels quite big but what I realized was um, you know adrenaline causes stress or that even exercise which you know to reduce my stress Mm -hmm. Um, so I, and, and, and when I did that, the biggest thing I did was try to start my day slow. So the analogy or, or kind of the, the visual that worked for me was I'm starting my day, which is difficult when you can't see, you're just hearing me. So, so hear me out. But like, if I think I'm starting my day, let's mm -hmm. just call it like I start my day at a 50 because I would set the alarm. I'd mm -hmm. set it for the last possible moment I needed to get up, go and do a run, <laughs> get home, get quickly ready, get to my desk because it was back in the days where you absolutely had to go into the office um eat my food at the desk and so basically I start my day fast and I never slowed down and if there was something stressful or unexpected that comes into that it just kind of helps you to go higher and higher on um I guess the threshold of hmm. my stress and yeah, so, as you were explaining that one it sounded like it, it was just stress from the beginning to the end and uh, you're adding stress to stress right right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'd never really do anything to interrupt it and bring it back down. So the yeah. the next big thing I did was just actually recognize that if I started my day slow, then that already took me from a 50 down to like a 20. And then if I even continued exactly the same as I did throughout, like, you know, the, the way I used to throughout the day, at least I was starting from a base of 20 and not 50. So it would never never go as high um but then I think as I made changes like meditating or um just taking things out of my social calendar or uh making sure I got eight hours sleep a day or um I don't know just honestly I, I have way more time now where I sit there and I stare into space or I read my book in the sun just just not necessarily doing but just being um it significantly reduced my stress and my threshold for stress is much better now. So I don't react the same way uh, when something doesn't go my way. So stress and rest was the next biggies I ticked off the list. Um, and then I think probably the next the exercise, actually the lessons for me were you don't need to do as much. Uh, you actually probably should like respect that your body needs to recover so I actually don't exercise as excessively as I used to um mm, and good. I I found that my body actually um my body recovers differently and better um but also like my body that like its composition the way I look has mm. been different based around the foods I put in and the lifestyle I had versus you know the not that I care about this stuff as much now I mean like after you have cancer, you're certainly not as concerned about your weight, but um, but I had a different physique based around the food and lifestyle I had versus running myself 
um, into the ground with with marathons and excessive exercise. So definitely changed that way. Um, I I worked on my limiting beliefs, so I wasn't even aware of these before cancer. But I um, I I worked with someone, and and it's now one of the things I incorporate into my work with clients. But uncovering things like uh, not believing you're good enough, or um, being a people pleaser, or um, not being exceptionally good at setting boundaries. So there's a whole bunch of work I did on myself. Um, I guess to probably why I said that, you know, my my favorite and most important thing is about reconnecting with your body. I think I, I made lots of changes as you can hear, but one of the biggest ones was almost like taking myself from looking outwards about what people thought about me or how I should behave or how I looked on the outside and, and coming back inside and going, what does my body need? Mm. How is my body feeling? What is it that I really want? And how can I communicate that to others? Um, so that was a, that was a big one. Um, and then I think probably the last big one was, and I've even said it in this order because it almost felt like it, it it was sequential in this way that once I started to listen to myself and what I wanted and what I needed, especially after having pretty grueling um, treatment for, well, it actually ended up being three years, um, was my approach to work. So I started to be uh, and to ask for more flexibility at work. So reducing my number of days or moving on to different types of projects that didn't feel as um, as stressful or that allowed me to do different types of work. Um, you know, I sort of asked for flexibility in the kind of independence I got to have in my job, uh, whether I went into the office or whether I worked from home. So and and then eventually I I started to use that day off to actually study and then I then I spoke to my employer about transitioning out of corporate and and into starting my own business so yeah it kind of went food um food stress limiting beliefs um and then through to the way I worked and my career um were the big ones oh and reducing mm-hmm. alcohol that was literally the thing that my oncologist told me was most important for me to do I started to learn more about um the things that can cause disease or can cause um recurrence which is Mm -hmm. um when your cancer comes back and I tried to I tried to make changes in those areas so diet alcohol stress sleep um and exercise and the types of exercise can all either help to reduce your chance of getting disease or it can help to contribute to it. So, um, yeah, I just tried to focus on all of those things. But as I said, like really importantly, I did them over a a four-year period. Like they're not things that you can just change and expect Mm. to change overnight. And as an integrated um, nutrition health coach, uh, what specific services or uh, programs do you offer uh, to women uh, seeking to improve their health? Uh, can you give us some examples of the tools or strategies you provide to help them make uh, sustainable changes? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess um, because of because of where I've been, which is you know I've I've been in the experience of being in burnout a couple of times throughout my career actually um and then in getting cancer and, and navigating that world of you know what do you do when you've got it and then what do you what do you do when you don't have it anymore but you're worried it'll come back um i guess the 
my offering to women is to, to either help them prevent burnout or cancer or help them back to health if they do. Um, so whether it's someone who's who's unfortunately already sick or whether it's someone who just never wants to get sick or perhaps they don't even, I, I mean, if I think about me, it wasn't even on my radar that I might get sick. Um, but I guess it was just more my radar of going, hang on, I know that I'm too busy and I know that something's not right and I, I kind of wish I could change, but I just don't know how to or I don't know what it is I'm meant to do. Like I feel like that's that's a really big one not just with women, just with anyone that you want to change, but you honestly don't know what it is you're meant to do because there's so many different perspectives on what it is that you're meant mm. to do. Um, so what I offer is, um, so basically for, for anyone that's kind of not in the cancer world, um, I have a 16 week program, um, which I'm pretty, I'm honestly pretty flexible on. Cause I, I think the whole premise of being a coach is that you need to be flexible. You need to, um, help people uncover what it is that they don't know about themselves or what they want yet. And then you're, you're literally like a cheerleader on the sideline that's helping them to identify it and then suggesting different ways to help them try and make that change. And then you just cheerlead them on, okay, you know, you're a little off track here. Maybe we, maybe we can try this, this, and this, or you're a cheerleader that says how proud you are um, and helps to continue them to, um, continue to encourage them to to keep up a, a habit that they're really happy with. But um, so I, I have a 16 week program. And in that uh, we, we basically cover the areas that I just talked about changing myself. So um, like, as I said, they, they were the areas that um, can either contribute to disease or they can help to prevent it. So I go through those those areas with my clients so we work on nutrition um stress and rest uh relationship career um and and purpose or spirituality uh whatever it is that is the most meaningful way to say that to you um and for for women who've who've become sick so whether it's burnout or whether it's cancer um i then have specific programs around helping them back to health so for for women that have been diagnosed with cancer um at diagnosis at diagnosis i offer um some own your chemo kits so that's like side of um products and tips around how to take control of your side effects mm -hmm. um and an only chemo session so it's kind of like at that point where as i said one day you're completely normal and the next day you're you need to start chemo and you have no idea what that's about and you have lots of people asking how they can help you but you don't even know what it is that you're about to go through yourself so um i offer a bit of coaching around that particular period mm, just that's a know, big one. here's here's what to expect mm. here's the kind of side effects how do you want to be when you're going through this what are some of the changes you think you want to make? Are you even ready to make changes? Like here's, here's some of the things that happened to me. Um, kind of thing I do when someone is diagnosed and then I have a cancer recovery program that again, steps through some of the changes that I made that I know are, and, and sorry, I probably should make that clear. It's not about the changes I made. It's uh, I mean, we step through the areas that I know are important, but we make changes that are um important and feel right and are actually attainable for that client so um mm, yeah, that makes sense yeah and, and so when i talk about um tools that we use uh mm. probably 
I think that I think that's the wonderful premise that I love of coaching and what I get to do every day. Like you literally get to be flexible around what is going to be best for that person, what's going to help um, that person to make changes and stick to them. So there's a whole bunch of different tools I I use with with people. Um, and and you honestly just have to be flexible about it. But if I think about some of the things um, we might do as, I guess, I, like I talk about principles and tools. So um, if, it, if it was around nutrition, then the print, like a big principle for me would be, um, you know, someone might come to me saying, uh, you know, I know I'm not supposed to have sugar, I'm not supposed to have carbs. And, and the principle I speak to them about is uh, trying to add or swap so we try and add more of the good foods in or we try and swap some of the not so good foods with with good foods because the principle is crowding out. So eventually if you put more and more of the good stuff in that your body needs to to be nourished and to function, then you're just actually not going to have as much space to put the bad stuff in. Um, so like the principle for me is I don't, I'm not going to tell you not to eat things, but I'm going to help you understand the things that are good to put into your body. So then you get to make an informed choice. Uh, and I'm going to help you with, I guess, tips and tricks on how you can um, try and make that change slowly. So if in the context of the food, I might be like, um, you know, when you, when you go out and you feel like eating pizza, I want you to eat pizza. But what, what you might want to try is um, trying to get a spelt pizza-based or a gluten-free pizza-based or adding vegetables onto the pizza that you're getting or having a side dish that's got some veggies. And so that, like, again, the premise is just trying to get some veggies and some whole grains into that meal, but enjoy eating your meal. Um, and then, you know, like I take similar approach to, to sleep like let's talk about your sleep environment now okay well what is it that you want to change uh okay well how about i don't know uh what if what if i said to you we try and go to bed earlier one night a week what would that look like what would you need to change okay well does that feel like something you can actually try yep okay cool and then we'll talk about whether it worked um if it didn't work then we'll try something else uh but yeah it, it, basically we we go through key areas of health we talk about the things that um, that feel most important for them to address right now, and then that thing might be completely different in the next fortnight where we catch up. But we just we stay in contact throughout that fortnight and um, and try and adapt their approach to things whenever they need to. Perfect. Do you share uh, success stories or um, examples of women they've worked with on how they have benefited from your coaching and support? Do you have any testimonials you wanted to shout out? Yeah, I think. Um, I think one of the so one of the um, consistent themes that comes through, which makes me feel really good, um, is having people say uh, that they and actually I've got a specific client that's coming to mind, but um, they really didn't feel good about themselves when they started seeing me and. Um, and this this happens quite frequently, actually. You know, they might come to me about wanting to lose weight or knowing that they want to eat differently. But as I said, they're not particularly sure what to eat because they, you know, society kind of makes nutrition confusing. Um, so they come to me about diet. But as we work through things, we we actually uncovered, you know, they're really not happy with who they are and how they feel about themselves. And so much so that they actually hated looking in the mirror. 
Um, and by the end of our program, which they actually worked with me for, for longer than four months, um, because this is something that, that takes a, a good deal of time to change, still working on it myself. Um, they went from hating what they saw in the mirror to actually liking what they saw. Um, and now not just what they see in the mirror, but they actually love themselves. So they, they love who they are. They love what they do. They love the impact they have on people when they walk into a room. Um, there's just a genuine change in energy and in outlook in life um, because of the work we did together. So that one makes me feel really special. Um, I think the other common theme is uh just feeling like, and, and I think that's the, that hopefully that's the premise of what I do, whether it's someone who gets sick or whether it's someone who's not sick but doesn't want to get sick or just feels like they can't really control things. Like I call my business Own Your Health because I want to help you take control of something that's really important to you. Like if you don't have your health, you don't, you don't have anything. Um, so the, the common theme is helping people feel like they've, now got control so um i think because of the approach i take to stepping you through like helping you learn about food and the role that it plays in your body means that the the most common theme that comes out is you know i kind of i kind of always felt trapped when it came to food and i didn't know what to eat and i actually always felt bad about it because i wouldn't eat what i wanted to eat but then i'd feel really bad when i did this is like a horrible cycle of not feeling good about yourself um, and I think because we spend, you know, there's a number of things we work on over 16 weeks, but we always work on learning about food. Um, they change their relationship with food and they actually become so knowledgeable about, you know, um, these types of foods are, are good for uh, for reducing inflammation and that like informate like reducing information you know you just hear them start to speak and they obviously understand principles behind the food now and how it helps their mm. body versus when they came to me talking about you know i can't eat carbs because it'll make me fat like they've just got a completely different understanding and relationship around food um and yeah my favorite testimonials when it comes to the food part is that they are now that person in in the lunchroom where you know someone might be saying like oh um, Casey, you can't be eating that, that like, you shouldn't be eating bread. It's bad for you. Like that's why you don't lose weight. And they're like, no, 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 Casey, keep eating your sandwich because you're eating it on whole grain bread. You've got your veggies in there. I heard that you had this for breakfast and I heard that you're having this for dinner. Like that's okay. Maybe, maybe what you want to do is try and bring a bit more, um, like a uh, plant-based, plant-based protein. Like I just, I love it. They, they become the person <laughs> yeah, that is good. To, yeah. help to educate other people that it's okay mm -hmm. to eat these types of foods but just try and put this food into your diet as well so um yeah i think i think hearing that i can help people actually start to love themselves and respect their body and treat it mm. treat it respectfully by by putting foods or giving it rest or doing things that make them feel good um or helping to spread the message around like food isn't something to be scared of it's actually something that helps you stay alive and you should enjoy it um so yeah they're, they're probably my favorites awesome yeah so the shifts in uh, mindset you kind of see with um people coming in from the beginning and then where they're at um yeah during the sort of program and out of it right yeah yeah perfect 
Um, and what uh, what do you believe is the key for empowering women to take control of their health and well-being? Um, how do you address the different priorities and challenges that they may face in various areas of their lives? I think the um, the key principle, I think I, yeah, I come back to what I, I said in the beginning. I think um, especially for women, but I, I, I also recognise this as for men too, um, but I think as society, we get focused on what's going on around us and not what's going on inside us. Um, so the thing for me is, is helping people to like almost step back into their body, um, listen, listen to what's going, like actually connect with what's going on, um, start to listen to it and, and honor it. Um, and I mean that in ways of, you know, um, actually being slow, not being so busy. It might be in choosing to, to rest or to sleep instead of um, going out, or it might be uh, actually by the type of food they choose to put into it or the types of work they choose to do. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you could be honouring it. Honoring it. Um, and I think, I think my approach to it with, with each person is... Um, and I think you just have to be this as a coach is you have to empathize with people. So um, I, I always, I mean, I, I think it's just inherently who I've always been, which is why when I started to study health and nutrition coaching, I, I always had that, um, that feeling of, Oh, I think I was always meant to do this because I have always cared about probably, <laughs> probably to my own detriment is I've always cared about people like for a lot of my life, it was more than myself. So I think mm. empathizing, so being able to understand where where my client is and what what great looks like for them might well it's not might be it it is very different to what great looks like for me. Um, so the approach I take is to always meet them where they are, um, and it, and it's always about uncovering what's important to them. Like it's I I think one of the most exciting things I get to do is help people to see what they weren't able to see themselves. And once you see something, you can't unsee it. So like, you know, if you and I work together and, and you suddenly, like, which it happens a lot, right? Like all I need to do is ask a couple of questions and listen to the answer and then ask a couple more questions mm. um, that you just go, wow, I, I never, I never, I, I have no idea. Uh, we could probably, if we had more time, have a go at doing this, but like you might say something yeah, like complete, <laughs> completely random. Like it could be like, mm. I don't know, a client a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about why she finds that she really wants to change um, her behavior around drinking. And she's like, I just don't know why I can't change it because I really want to do it. I know it's not good for me. And, you know, we, we had a, a number of questions around it and, and, and she ended up coming out with something that was completely unexpected. And she said, I've never even, I've never admitted that to myself, let alone someone else. And now that now that she knows that, like she can never take that back. Like even if she didn't do anything to try and actively change it, just knowing that now that it's on the surface, you can never unsee it. Um, so I think that's probably one of the probably one of the favorite things I get to do is I I get to just listen and ask questions and help people see things they had no idea were sitting there under the surface. Um, and once they have an awareness of that thing, they can never really forget it. So once you've uncovered something, you're never going like to your question on, you know, how do you sort of approach it so that you'll, you'll make 
sustainable change or make change for good. I think all I'm saying is when you help people to see what's under the surface that's kind mm. of like true to who they are or true to how they feel, they can't unsee it and therefore they can never go back to exactly how they were before. Yeah. Um, I think I've had a friend um, study or had some experience in like emotional counseling or in that, in that sort of field. And uh, I just remember uh, she did say or mention that a lot of people do have like the answer or um, that sort of solution within themselves. But then the counselor is really the person that uh, asks probing questions to really bring that answer out sort of thing. And maybe you see that in your coaching, I, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, in fact, we're, we're sort of taught not to, not to be about giving advice. Um, mm. it's about helping, but I mean, you, you kind of, it was like a thin, it's a thin line, right? Yeah, but, um, that's right. <laughs> but it's, um, you're, you're literally just trying to help someone. I actually, I have, sorry. So in short, yes, the answer is yes. That is exactly what happens. And I have this friend that I absolutely love this saying, cause it's perfect for what I do now, but I'm just coining it. Um, <laughs> But she said, uh, you can't, you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. And mm. so that, and I like, that's just perfect, right? Cause it's true. It's, it's why you, I don't know if this happens to you, but I feel like it happens to me all the time that you might be able to help someone else to see exactly what the problem is that's going on or exactly what they need to do to help them solve it. But if that was happening to you, you would not be able to see it. And so I think, I really yeah, like true. that because that, that's what I get to do as a coach. I get to sort of sit on the outside, help them to see things that they don't get to see, um, mm. but then be supportive to them in however it is that they they want to try and solve it. Like I make suggestions, but mm. I certainly never say, you know, like like to, to the client that wanted to uh, reduce her or, or change her relationship with alcohol, I, I never say, you know, right, so when you go out on Saturday, you're not having more than three drinks, you know, like, because that, that's not how things are going to, that's not how someone's going to change. It needs yeah. To and together. like psychologically, like if someone tells you that, right. Um, I think you're going back to maybe childhood or whatnot, you know, uh, if you tell a child, um, no, you know, you can't do this, can't do that. What are they going to do? They're going to do the complete opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. It's in a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about this lady is a lady, not a child, but yeah, it's sort of, comes in sort of innate uh, sort of psychology, I believe. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's it's pretty cool. You're basically helping mm. you're helping people to see what's already inside them. Yeah. Um and then you're kind of just like guiding them along the way mm -hmm. um to get there. So it's it's actually even nicer because then like not only can you not like as humans, we can't actually make other people change. Someone has to change themselves. But also when someone goes and makes that change inherently themselves, because all I'm doing is, you know, sort of motivating and supporting and guiding on the sideline, that it's an even more um it's an even more proud moment for them that they've actually like, you know, they get to stand there and see everything that they changed. Um on like I mean it's not on their own obviously because they they've had a coach to help them, but like it is on the, on their own. So it's even more fulfilling for someone when they, when they've done it themselves. And then hence, that's why they actually end up sticking to it because they've made changes in a, in a small way, predominantly on their own that they know that they can stick to because they, they didn't fundamentally flip their life upside down and, and change something that they can't keep doing forever. 
Mm, yeah, that's right. And um, in your opinion, uh, what is the connection between physical health and other aspects uh, such as career, spirituality, or overall fulfillment? Um, how do you incorporate these elements into your coaching approach? Mm. Um, well, it's actually what I it's actually what I loved most about the course I studied because I think in my personal experience with with my health and cancer, I, I could tell I could tell every day that they influence each other. You know, like it, I was I was fortunate in you know, like I I kind of say it as a throwaway joke now of um, I was so happy, like I, I had literally written in the journal, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world, um, etc. And I was running marathons, going into my chemo treatment meant that I was mentally and physically well, um, which meant that in something as horrific as chemotherapy, uh, I think I, I think I handled it like I did I handled it really well I kept working I kept exercising I had like some bloody sheer dogged determination that I do not have now but I but I did back then um that I guess I could see that they were interconnected and then when I that the particular place that I studied um health and nutrition coaching actually goes and teaches you about that you know that you're your physical health is connected to, and I, and I think, you know, most of us in society get exposed to this anyway, that, that you know, science and medicine now knows that they're all connected. Um, but it's certainly the way that we were taught as well. So I think it's as simple to say, like an example of if you're physically unwell, then you can't exercise. And when you don't exercise, you know that that impacts your mental health. Um, and and if you're, you know, not mentally well or you're not physically well, then you might find it difficult to do your job or you might find it difficult to socialise. Um, so I think it's, I personally, but um, I'm sure many people can see, they are all connected to each other. And if you don't, if one of these parts of your, of your life or of your health um, aren't as healthy as they can be, then it's going to influence the other. Um, so as a coach, I speak to my clients about, um, like one thing I speak about is like deconstructing cravings. So, um, and a craving doesn't have to be like quite literally food, um, or alcohol. It could be the fact that, you know, you're just like, oh, I just really want to, um, go out with my friends tonight. Um, like a, a craving can be a really broad term. Um, but if you were deconstructing a, a, a craving, I just realized I'm doing like inverted commas in the air and you can't, you can't see me. Yeah, I, I can see um, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it could be like when you get home from work, you're like, I just really mm. want to drink. Um, yep. But I encourage clients to just stop, mm. um, pause, and ask themselves whether whether a drink is what they really want. Um, and sorry, I probably shouldn't continue to use the the example of a drink um but, okay. but to actually yep. try and um mm. try and ask themselves what it is that they want because it actually could be that you you've had a really shitty day and mm. you actually just want a hug but you would never think to come home and like like whether you have a partner and say, or you I don't and be yeah. like I actually want a hug I've realized I mm. spent my entire day having no physical interaction with anyone and I feel like I've just emotion like been emotionally or mm. mentally abused all day what yep. I need is a hug 
Um, but I'm actually expressing that as a drink because the drink makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, so mm, you like might that. actually start okay. to go like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, so you might, when when those kinds of realizations happen, you might start, and this is where I said, oh, my gosh, it's hard to even choose mm. what it is that, um, you know, feels most meaningful about how, how I can help a client. But, like, some of those kind of moments where a client realizes that, they then say, oh, my gosh, I've just realized that my job's toxic. I, I hate it. What am I doing? I'm spending my day doing something I hate. Like, this is what I actually like doing. Um, and then they go and change their career, which is incredible. Um, but the point was to say that all of the elements are connected. Um, and that's why my program works through, walks through each component. Um, and as you're probably starting to see the theme, um, it's, it's a flexible approach based around what, what the client needs. So even though I'm always in some way, shape or form, probably going to help them learn and practice good habits around nutrition, stress and rest, um, the way that they work or what they do for work and their purpose, uh, their relationship with themselves and the relationship with others because and, and exercise, um, because they're all of the parts of your health that are connected and that you need to work on to be healthy. Um, I'm always flexible with each client. So a client probably most likely comes to me by saying, oh my gosh, I'm too busy. I just need to slow down or, um, I'm not really happy with how my body looks or how my body feels. And I know I need to change how I eat um, or my relationship with food, but I just don't even know what it is that I meant to do. So we normally start in a place of nutrition or in stress and needing to slow down or helping them to be able to sleep more or better. Um, but in reality, we then go and we work on, um, you know, like some clients might start on nutrition and then they move into stress or some clients might start on nutrition. And then the next thing that pops up as incredibly important right now is to change something about the way they work. That's actually quite toxic. So um, it's a little bit like how before you said you could kind of visualize the sequence. Like my sequence was my sequence. Um, it made sense that it went diet, then stress, then um, limiting beliefs and then career. Um, but for someone else, it's like, the reality is still the same. They're all connected, but they might just be in a different order that makes sense for them as, as they go on their, their healing journey. And lastly, uh, just a final question, uh, looking ahead, um, what are your aspirations and goals uh, for your work as a integrated nutrition, nutrition health coach? Um, and how do you envision making a lasting impact in the lives of, uh, the women you serve in the community? Mm. I guess, so before I get to the point of like, oh my gosh, I would just love for, because <laughs> you can, oh my gosh, you can go big, can't you? Um, I guess I I would like to help as many women as I can take mm -hmm. control of their health. Um, mm -hmm. I want, I think when it comes down to it, I want to I want to help women never have to go through what I went through, um, whether that's uh, helping them to never have to get sick or if they unfortunately do get sick, helping them to navigate their way out of it um, is, is what I want to be able to do. Like I, I feel like it's not to say if I made changes 
I think this is the reality. If I if I made changes to my my health um, and my lifestyle before I got cancer, I, I quite possibly still would have got cancer. I'm, I, I don't know that there's ever a way that we completely stop something from happening. Um, and I don't know that if I had, of, for instance, which, by the way, I was not ready to do, but I don't know if um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, if I had have just stopped drinking then, whether that would have suddenly made my chemo work when it when it didn't really work. Um, I probably would have still had the same outcome, but I'd like to give women the chance to try, you know? So I, mm. I would, I would love if I could get my message or be able to help as many women as I can, um, to know the changes that they can actually make before they get sick or the changes that they can make as soon as they get sick to help them get back to health, um, as fast as they can, or in the best way as they, they can, or to, to try and help their, their body heal from their treatment as best as they can um I think I, I just want to help especially I, I want to help women who are going through the most horrific time of their lives with cancer um actually feel like there's because I don't I don't know how to explain it to you but I'm sure you can um empathize like when you get sick when you're normally just a, a normal person functioning in society and then suddenly you're sick everything is taken away from you like you can't do your job the same way you can't socialize you don't look the same you don't feel the same you don't think the same because you have brain fog so and and you can't you can't control whether you're going to live or whether you're going to die so I want to just be able to help women just try and control whatever they can during a time in their lives where everything's been taken out of their control. Um, so if I can, and I think this is, this is actually before I even started being a health and nutrition coach, it was kind of what I always believed as a marketer as well. Like I just want to simplify things. I want to take something that feels pretty complex and confusing, simplify it to something that people know and understand, and then give them little tips and tricks and shortcuts and support them along the way um, so that they they can make changes that make sense for them. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to just help as many people to do that as I can. It's basically my mm. my dream. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, I see it happening now and uh, doing well there, Elle. And I just want to thank you for your time and uh, having a chat here and telling me a bit more about and obviously to the listeners as well about a bit more about what you do and again yeah, thank, thank you. you for your time and uh appreciate you sharing your story as well thank you thank you very much for having me you are listening to noteworthy differences.